0: Many IT security professionals are military veterans. Gregory Conte has much in common with them, except he's still in the Army and has been an officer for the past 25 years. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to once again be speaking with Greg Conti, a colonel in the U.S. Army and director of the Army Cyber Institute, as part of the Information Security Media Group series of careers, interviews with IT security professionals and thought leaders. Welcome, Greg. Thanks so much for an opportunity to be on the show. really appreciate it. Why should someone thinking of a career in IT security consider the military as a starting point? Well, I think it comes down to
1: opportunity, the opportunity for an interesting work, interesting mission, as well as opportunity for uh, professional development. There are very robust programs to grow people over the course of a career, from civilian and military training, education, interacting with really um, interesting people. The people who've been doing it a long time are not bored right now. They're working very hard uh, to kind of scale up and grow the next generation, but in, in larger numbers.
0: You're a graduate of West Point. When you were a plebe, did you know you wanted a career in computer science? Actually, yes. Um, I was first exposed to,
1: or first began programming and working with computers in eighth grade, which by today's standard, that sounds kind of late. But back then, that was very early on. I mean, we're talking like 1980. Started programming, started and realized, wow, I'm really interested in this. Did a lot of reading and and really knew uh, where my passion lay. My high school was located near a major IBM facility, and they donated personal computers to the school. And we had uh, one of the first uh, advanced placement computer science programs in the school. So I was able to take a large number of courses in computing before I got to college. I was very certain what I wanted to do.
0: Uh, Was there a point when you made a transition from just general interest in computing into information security?
1: Like many you know, in the hacker community, you find this interest in how things work and how they operate and how, and taking things apart and maybe putting them back together, maybe breaking it in the process, or maybe putting it back together and, and augmenting it in some way that the designer didn't intend. And I think I've always been wired that way, personally. It was more when opportunities presented themselves to learn formally about security. And I, I took my uh, first security class in 1995. Uh, as a, a graduate course, and, and realize this is it. This is you know this is my what I want to do uh, in earnest. What was
0: it about security that attracted you? Mm,
1: it requires a creative mindset. It, in many ways, it requires you to put your, yourself into the mind uh, of an adversary. What would they do? How would I attack this system? And I heard it in uh, terms of from the psychology community, uh, an above-normal ability to uh, basically predict threats or anticipate threats. And, and again, I see that as a common trend in security people. They will, they'll wa- uh, walk in and they'll immediately see flaws in security or where someone is you know, tri- typing their password in front of another and where they're making assumptions about trust. So that's, that was where I was drawn. I mean, the, the combination of technology, I think I was just wired that way. Uh, and also I went into the military intelligence field of like graduating uh, as a cadet and uh, and, and graduating and becoming an officer in the Army. And that's what you do in many ways in military intelligence is what you, you try and learn about how an advers- adversary, what its capabilities are, how it operates, and how it thinks and behaves and what its likely actions and reactions are. And that mindset works very well in, in security. So it was a natural intersection of that mindset, that hacker mindset, and the technology.
0: Talk a little about the hacker mindset. I consider myself
1: a hacker. In general, the, the hacker community has uh, good actors, uh, neutral actors, and bad actors. There's a whole spectrum from good to bad. In general, what I've found is that there's a large number of people who just are in, interested in the playful, Aspects of learning about technology and, and pushing it in ways designers didn't intend. Sometimes it's embarrassing. They'll find uh, for the, the, the creator of the technology in the first place that they'll find a hole. Historically, there's a lot of people would do this work almost for free and then report it to the manufacturer in a in a respo- responsible fashion there's uh, almost like a business ecosystem has sprung up around the search for bugs. But in general, the idea of exploring technology, pushing it in ways that the designers didn't intend, and and doing cool and innovative things with it. So yeah, I, I consider myself a hacker, and I think it's a skill, it's a, a strength of our country. It's uh, critical to this, our success. I mean, Silicon Valley is filled with hackers. That's part of our inno- innovative engine that drives the country.
0: It's not just your exploration of... Uh... Of computers and getting your hands dirty doing it uh, you've also had sort of an impressive uh, academic career. You have a master's degree from, from Johns Hopkins and you have a, uh, a doctor of philosophy in computer science from George Institute of Technology. As you looked at your career did you feel you needed to get those uh, types of degrees? Is it because you want to get into academic work or are there other things that interest you? I'm always interested in learning. You can certainly learn on your own and I and I've put a tremendous amount of time in
1: basically every free moment that I can into into learning new things and absorbing new information. Frankly, it's been my calling in life, and I realized that I want to learn more. Grad school is a great way to kind of build upon what you're taught at at the bachelor's level and dig more deeply uh, into a particular area. What I realized there was, wow, I I, I want to do this. I want to learn more and uh, continued for a PhD. And what a PhD does beyond giving you more depth in a specific area. It gives you the skill, kind of classic skill you you get from research, how to conduct research that's novel, that's something uh, that advances human knowledge, and then how to be able to characterize that and share that in a way that's uh, useful to the scientific community along the way, I learned how to also take those results and share them with the broader hacker community and with the broader public. Do interesting work that advances human knowledge and to be able to identify important problems because life is short, right? You don't want to spend your your whole time working on problems that have been solved before, you know, rediscovering fire. I mean, I heard a a story about someone who basically rediscovered calculus and and didn't realize what they had done. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it gives you this more rigor, this framework, and it gives you credentials that open certain doors and certain contacts uh, like peers, and it it pushes you in, in interesting
0: developmental ways. We've been in touch over the years, and I know that sometimes you are called to be overseas. I mean, are you doing your same work there, or are you doing some other kind of military work?
1: My career has been interesting in that I've been able to steer it to really where my passion is. Initially, it was military intelligence. Then I learned of uh, signals intelligence and thought, wow, that's really interesting. I I, I like that. I want to steer that way. And that was in in the 90s. And then uh, the thing that's cyber Kind of emerged and was recon- uh, over the, over the years has been recognized by government and kind of angled that continued in, in that direction. But I also am an active duty army officer. There are expectations of what I do and how how I serve started off my career going to the Persian Gulf War. actually did some interesting work there and this was in 1990, 1991 using dial-up modems to make a way of sharing information over the tactical phone network to share intelligence reports. So back then even you know it's about taking your skills and applying them in a useful way. There's certain things you have to do in the Army to advance as an officer. There's these expectations. I was an electronic warfare platoon leader where we did battlefield radio intercept and jamming. Being a a company commander, and I I commanded a company of 200-plus soldiers, uh, doing really interesting kind of uh, intelligence missions. Yeah, that's what's expected, including deployment to combat zones when that's required. Taught at West Point, was able to get on the long-term faculty because it was a place I felt like I could really add value and help and grow the next generation of folks. Because every year we generate leaders and we're trying to grow cyber-savvy leaders. I've been doing that a while, and I needed to go back out and the the terms regreened, where you get uh, out there and back into the the mainstream force. And I did that for two years, and the first time was preparing to deploy with a a cyber team and went uh, to, uh, it's called Downrange. I went downrange to Iraq and worked there. And then the next year, I went down to U.S. Cyber Command and helped uh, build a training course called the Joint Advanced Cyber Warfare
0: Course, or JACWIC, to help mid-career and senior people in the command uh, better prepare. Well, you're currently director of the Army Cyber Institute, which is situated at West Point. What is the institute, and what's your responsibility there as director? The institute
1: came out in, really is a note from down through the chain of command from the chief of staff of the Army about two years ago. And the idea is to create a center where we bring in high-level experts across the disciplines, and you think in terms of technology or technology type people, mathematical people, psychologists, historians, policy, law people, all looking at this problem of cybersecurity from different angles. We build this bench, but then we have to add value both in terms of what the, how the Army works and it really, we've been given a mission that's outward looking as well to try and help the, the, the nation short way, I'd say we perform outreach and build a network of contacts and, and participate in communities because we can't just be the people in the back saying, hey, give us all your source code or give us your documents or your paper. We have to be trusted and valued members of a given community. We can't just take. So we have to be out there adding value to the community. And hacker community is one example. The the industry's the security research community is another. So outreach and then advise Take our skill set and put it against some of the most challenging problems that are out there. That's the direction we're taking it. In particular, partnering with industry to identify problems that uh, that industry is facing, that also the military is facing. So we can start working on collaboratively solving those big problems that help make the nation more secure. The other two areas are research uh, and education. So outreach,
0: advise, research, and educate. And you're still ramping up in this, and that's probably one of your big challenges at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's two years. My life changed when that uh, note came down. How's that? Before I was running a small center, it was an academic center. It was a well-established organization embedded into the academic mission at West Point. What this did, though, is create a, a much larger organization with an army-wide mission, really a nationwide mission, that required starting from scratch and operating at the highest levels of the Pentagon, trying to get the right people in, in a resource-constrained environment, get funding set up. I mean, it's kind of like a startup. It's really been as intense as a startup, 80 to 100 hours a week of time over the past two years uh, working on this.
0: As you look back at your career, and and specifically in your IT area, what has given you the most satisfaction?
1: At the end of the day, it comes down to the people. You're not in this for the money. It's really the mission and the people and the people help keep you sane despite some of the uh, well-known craziness associated with large bureaucracies. I would say interacting with the hacker community has been tremendously rewarding. In many ways, I felt like I found my tribe when I went and I realized I, I understood doing work on uh, electronic privacy and civil liberties. Snowden in particular has really created a nationwide awakening in that. And I've been working on that in earnest for about 14 years, amongst other subjects. And I think we we now realize how important that is to defending our democracy. And then the uh, educational opportunities afforded to to me to be able to to grow in my own skills, and then the opportunities to teach others and both as the cadets and uh, more broadly at various events around the country.
0: And what has kept you in the military? I'm sure someone with your background and skills could find a very, very uh, high-paying job in the private sector. Hmm. Plus, you would have your pension from the military.
1: Right now, it goes back to the people and the mission. And I feel like we're at a a critical cusp in history, that we're at really an important time. And and I've I've likened it back to the birth of the Air Force. So it's, it's a historical period. and. It just turned out that you know they're trying to start the air force, and I was a pilot, and they only had a handful of pilots, and it was a chance to uh, uh, to make a, a big difference. Another thing that kept me in is that I'm trying to grow the people and, and really the career path that I wish I had had. I'm an anomaly in this system, and I was able to do a path that would be very difficult to to recreate. It was but somehow it came together. What we're doing now though is building a, a similar path for others because of the system, not despite the system. From private all the way up to general officer, we can grow uh, grow talent. And that's coming. I mean, there's a, a cyber branch, not a cyber branch like the Air Force or Army. You know, A, a professional career field is coming for the Army. I, I'm certain of that. And then that will allow people to grow over the course of their 30-year career. And I'm trying to help that because I'd seen people before trying to fight the system and to get to where they they ought to be, where they were passionate about, ultimately more more often not failing because the system is historically stacked against you. Uh, But that's changing. And over the last three years, there's been a lot of positive change. Thanks, Greg. Oh, it was my pleasure. uh, As always, I, I greatly
0: enjoy this. I've been speaking with Army Colonel Gregory Conte, Director of the Army Cyber Institute for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.